This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr, and we are here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. And today, we're delighted to have back with us Javier Gutierrez. He is the president CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. He joins us from that fair state where it's a little bit warmer than it is here on the East Coast. They're certainly trending that way. But we're going to talk about the cold weather sport that's about to kick off. Of course, the National Hockey League dropping the puck next week. Javier, really good to have you back. And how are things out there? What What's going on around you at this moment? Absolutely. Well, guys, great to talk to you again. Thank you so much for having me back. And uh, Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners, uh, me being one of them. Um, listen, very exciting times in spite of these incredibly challenging uh, you know, moments that we live in. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, we're excited that uh, the, the hockey uh, season, the NHL season, will be starting up next week. Our first game is next Thursday against the San Jose Sharks here in, uh, in, in Arizona. And, uh, you know, we, we recognize that we're still in the middle of a pandemic and this health crisis, and, and certainly Arizona is, uh, is a market that, that certainly has felt uh, the, the wrath of this, of this pandemic. But yet, meanwhile, we're also still very excited to, you know, to have hockey back, to have the NHL season open. It's going to be an unprecedented season. I think that's, you know, the word that, that is probably the most overused word in, in light of the pandemic. But, um, but it's exciting. And, uh, you know, we've been working incredibly hard for many, many, many months uh, to get to this moment. And to, you know, again, put top of mind uh, the health and safety, not only of our players and our trainers and our coaches, uh, but of my team members uh, for the organization and of our community and of our fans. And to try to, you know, we, we can't eliminate uh, this pandemic. We've tried to manage it and mitigate it as best as possible and, uh, and try to bring uh, this season forward. So, radio listeners, when we last talked with Mr. Javier Gutierrez, there was this beautiful arena that was just beaming for the team let's talk about the progress where is that right now well you know as you can imagine the pandemic has certainly impacted that but uh we have continued to move forward we have several conversations uh that have progressed we believe that in this year uh as we think there is somewhat of a return to normalcy um, that progress will be made. Uh, we look forward to uh, being able to make more public announcements for right now. The work's being done behind the scenes. There's a lot of stakeholders that have seen what our thoughts are uh, about the arena solution, as I've, as I've dubbed it, and, and you've heard me call it that uh, in the past. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we know that Arizona is the market that uh, this organization and this club 
uh, needs to be in. And uh, we want to ensure that our location, our specific location and the facility is uh, what it needs to be in order for us to compete today, tomorrow and into the future. Javier, it's Mike up in Boston. Um, when the league was last uh, viewed, there was a bubble um, in the in the East Coast and, and the West Coast and for the Stanley Cup final. But there's no bubble this year. So what did you learn from the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals uh, who went through seasons uh, with, without a bubble that you're going to be able to apply to the Coyotes uh, as you start up on this uh, ambitious 56 games in 110 days? Absolutely. Well, I, and you just said it. It's, it's a sprint. So it's going to be, um, it's certainly going to be a challenge uh, for the players and, and for the entire organization. There, there was a lot of lessons learned. Um, I, you know, we spent a lot of time, I personally spent a lot of time uh, talking to organizations across sports. So in Major League Baseball, uh, the National Basketball Association, the NFL uh, folks, both here in Arizona and across the country, and just trying to understand what are the things that they did. Clearly, the NHL did an incredible job with the bubble. Uh, Edmonton and Toronto hosted the bubble. Uh, we were able to crown a Stanley Cup champion for our previous season, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, and, and then it just wasn't going to seem to be viable to, to put the players and the entire organizations into a bubble uh, for six months, uh, pretty much, and, uh, and to say, let's, let's try to play a game in those environments. But yet... There was uh, a lot of lessons learned, in particular for Major League Baseball, where the teams did travel, uh, where you did have sort of this, this traveling kind of mini bubble as much as possible, where you tried to accommodate, uh, you know, people being able to, to see uh, trainers and coaches and staff and, and, and yet to also be able to sleep in their own home and, and still maintain a safe uh, environment for the rest of the organization. Um, so there was a lot of protocols that, that the league uh, learned, uh, that individual clubs did, and that we specifically uh, talked to a lot of uh, the clubs that, that did have fans uh, because we are hopeful to and, and, and are announcing that we will have a limited capacity of fans uh, for our season, as will, I believe, half a dozen of the other NHL clubs, so approximately 20% of the NHL will have fans uh, in their stands in, the, in a limited capacity. So let's talk about the fans because beyond the uh, the actual watching of the game, and obviously, as you say, it's going to be a limited number, um, that is a source of revenue. And obviously the, the revenue will be limited, but it sounds like you guys are trying to figure out the best way to – accommodate fans from a ticket buying perspective and giving some flexibility there. Help us understand that. Absolutely. Well, listen, I think the last time we talked, which by the way, if I recall, I think I've been on the job maybe a week yep. or two. You were uh, brand new. Uh, yeah. Freshly brand minted. New. I, I, <laughs> I still didn't even have furniture in my house. I don't think. So, and, uh, and so I was sitting on boxes, but, um, we have really emphasized three primary efforts, and, and one of which captures exactly the question you have, which is we've been focused on in making an impact, uh, being a community leader, uh, focusing on inclusion. So, you know, targeting not only our Coyotes fan, but our Coyote fan in waiting, which we can get into, but also really elevating uh, innovation, innovation as a company. So not just utilizing technology, products, and services, but really thinking outside the box. 
And that was something that I really, really emphasized for us as an organization, to be seen as a value-add partner for innovative companies, innovative service providers, innovative vendors. And so when it's come uh, to how we interact with our season ticket holder, our season ticket, uh, you know, members and our corporate partners, we've really tried to be very innovative. One of the things we did, and I believe we're the only NHL team to do so, and one of the few sports teams to do so, is we created a flexible spending account. So if you had a season, uh, you were a season ticket member or corporate, uh, you know, member of ours, we rolled your account uh, from last year into this flexible spending account and basically gave you the option of what did you want to do with your account for this season and for next season. And, in, you know, since we're, we're talking on Bloomberg, if you had at least $500 into that account, you actually earn 3% interest on that account. If you had at least $1,000, you actually earn 5% interest. So this was a very innovative approach for us to, one, stay connected with our uh, fans, two, be mindful that we know we're living in, in a flexible uh, time where we have to be innovative and, 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 and accommodative, but three, also let them know you can still be engaged with the club. You can still be invested. You're, you're, we're, we're here to provide you an option. So I think that is very innovative for us to do. Secondarily, we layered in a several sort of technology platforms, one of which was Season Share, uh, which is something we've rolled out to allow season ticket members to, in essence, pick their games, pick their fans, very flexible uh, in terms of where and when they want to utilize the proceeds that are in their flexible spending account. And in terms of bringing fans back, which we can get into the, the myriad of protocols, uh, but one of those uh, partnerships that, that we had uh, was, was, was twofold. One, with Salesforce, which we were the first and I believe only um, NHL team to partner with Salesforce uh, to work with their work.com platform to safely bring back actually my team members, right? My staff, my uh, trainers, my coaches, uh, and to be tracking, you know, uh, a return to work in a, in a, in a kind of half virtual, half on, uh, online, uh, and half in-place uh, environment. Uh, and secondarily, we also partnered uh, with Clear. Uh, and mm. Clear had been a partner with the NHL up in the bubble, uh, we, uh, our players loved it. They felt it, it really helped them sort of manage that experience in tracking their biometric data and what have you. And so we've actually partnered with them as well for our facility. So a lot of things, it's not just one, it's all of it. It's comprehensive, it's forward thinking, and, and again, trying to be innovative. This is the piggyback off of what Jason and, and you just mentioned about fans and there was a story last week, and I didn't think about it, about the impact of the pandemic until I read this story. Uh, the halftime entertainers, the intermission entertainers during the hockey game, uh, they're not making any income. And they would usually make between about 1500 to $5,000 for that intermission. Uh, can you comment on that, about the impact of how that has hit not only just hockey, but sports in general. Absolutely. You know, I, I've made this statement a couple of times that, you know, the the absence of sports or the impact uh, of sports has shown the primacy of sports, right, to our culture, to our communities, and definitely to commerce, 
you don't realize the economic engine of sports until you hear things like that. Like, what are we going to do? We we can't have, uh, uh, you know, our intermission. So between periods, we can't have the normal show, right? And the venue is only going to have 25% max capacity. So for our venue, Gila River Arena, is only about 3,450, which means there's a lot of vendors from the management company, which is ASM uh, Global. We, we don't own the facility. Um, they're not going to have the, 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 the full capacity of those part-time workers, those hourly workers. So it, the trickle effect of the impact of this on sports, you know, the flip side of that, it does show you this massive economic engine that is sports. Javier, um, so Mike Lynch wants to go to a game and wants to buy a uh, slice of pizza and a Coke and then maybe go buy a Coyotes jersey. And I read that you're a cashless venue. So how would that work if I if I wanted to go and just grab a couple of those things? Yeah, so we have rolled out uh, yet another technology uh, platform it's called Venue Next. So everything this year, as you can imagine, is going to try to eliminate or at least mitigate as much as possible uh, anything that's touch. So we're going to have mobile ticketing only. You have to have prepaid uh, parking. And when it comes to food, um, you basically order it on your app and it, it becomes either delivered to you or you go and pick it up in a grab-and-go situ- situation. Um, so it is all trying to be comprehensive where it's a one-stop shop. So when you enter the game, you'll have your ticket on the app, You'll have your parking on the app. You'll show up. You'll have already either ordered already or can order right there. And then, you know, one of the things that we've been working with the facility manager quite a bit on is the circulation of fans. So you don't have, you know, a thousand people uh, at, at the food and beverage or at, or at the, the gift shops uh, buying merchandise all at the same time. It will be staggered it will be managed and that was one lesson that we had learned a lot from the folks at major league baseball in particular during the playoffs was what really helped them a lot was sort of the management of uh, food beverage merchandising and the circulation of fans and the direction the ingress and egress of fans that was a a major uh, point and you know uh, to their credit asm which i think manages about 350 uh, facilities around the world. Um, they 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 had a lot of those facilities, so they brought uh, those lessons learned. And, and again, we're trying to make this experience uh, for our fans as safe as possible. Uh, we're also hopeful they understand that you know we're having to manage uh, this health crisis and trying to you know be innovative as much as possible. But it's it's going to look different, and there's no doubt about it. There's nothing that. Uh, that I think any of us are, are either going to shy away from or, or, or you know, say it, it's not because of, but for this, um, I think we'd be back to normal on, on how we would operate. Yeah. Javier, you mentioned something really important that, that I'd love to get a little deeper into, and, and especially given your your experience since we talked to you last time when you were freshly minted, as, <clears throat> as we joked about. Um you know, one of the things we've learned, whether it's looking at politics, whether it's looking at economics, it coming out of this or in the midst of this pandemic is the changing demographics, the changing economics of key markets like the one you're in in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, from a commercial and economic uh, perspective, what 
what can you tell us that's sort of different that maybe you've observed now, you know, being in this market, understanding specifically the way a sports team fits into a place like Arizona and, and the Phoenix area? Absolutely. Well, listen, I think when we first started, I, I, I laid out some thoughts thinking, I think that this is going to be what we discover. And, and clearly, you know, I keep telling people, um, you know, I feel like most of my time has been just trying to, you know, just trying to push the ball up the hill yeah. and just say, hey, you know, let's let's just make sure everything is safe. Let's manage as opposed to really being on the offensive, as opposed to really being able to, to push forward. But I got to tell you, in the last seven months that I've been here, it has only confirmed what Alex Morello, the owner of the Coyotes and myself, had thought, which is there is a significant opportunity certainly for us, but I think the NHL as a whole and sports as a whole to take a look and to do, and and I know you guys heard this before, to do what Wayne Gretzky said, go to where the puck is going. Where is the puck going in America? These changing demographics, youth, female, multicultural, non-traditional sports fans, non-traditional hockey fans, uh, is clearly an opportunity of growth. As you guys know, I come from private equity. I come from investment management. And so the assessment of what your market is today and where the growth prospects is top of mind. And so we've taken that discipline and that framework and realized, guess what? 40% of Arizona is Latino. Right. And mm-hmm. last year, less than 8% of my visitors of a hockey game were Latino. Massive upside. Okay. Massive, massive, massive upside. And it's growing, by the way. That cohort, average age in Arizona, is 18. So they're entering their prime working years and their prime spending years. And by the way, 95% of them are English dominant. So it's not as if all of a sudden I have to go to Spanish to attract them. So these are just lessons that have been borne out as we've tried to do it in the middle of the pandemic. We've done youth hockey clinics. We've done outreach to nonprofits and community groups and elected officials and community stakeholders. And you know what they said? Gosh, never thought about it. But this is fun. This is great. We're so glad you're here. So, again, it's about that going to where the puck is going, going to the Coyote fan in waiting and exposing them to the game, to our organization. And it's resonating. I mean, it really, truly is resonating. And again, I think that is possible uh, in so many other markets that the NHL is in, uh, that that sports teams are in. It doesn't just have to be the Latino community. Honestly, and and I know that the the Thrashers are no longer there, but but, but Atlanta is a phenomenal market of growth that I wish there was, you know, an opportunity there. But in Carolina, there's phenomenal growth in the African-American community, actually in the Latino population and in the Asian population there. Uh, so it's, it's an assessment of what your market looks like, where the growth prospects are, and being three things, and I've said this as well, how do you attract that non-traditional fan? One, you got to be intentional about it. you got to say this is, this is core to the business plan. Two, you have to actually be authentic. It's not just, hey, come buy a ticket, come buy a T-shirt, come buy a jersey. It's be engaged with us. Be part of our pack is what I say here in Arizona. And three, be innovative. Think outside the box. 
do, do things that you hadn't thought about doing to attract things. I, I got to tell you a set. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm rambling on, but um, we found out that in Arizona, this, this youth cohort of, of Latinos, the number two type of restaurant that they like to go to, and it's, it's actually kind of close, is Chinese restaurants, right? What? We've never done a part. Yeah, we've never done a partnership with a Chinese food, you know, partner to target the Latino community. And I said, I said, well, guys, let's, let's go there. People yeah. looked at me like I was crazy. It has resonated. Okay, it has resonated. So again, you wouldn't have thought I'm going to go get Latinos by you know partnering with uh, a Chinese, you know, a chain of Chinese food restaurants. Right, right. But that's what you have to think about. And you know, it's data driven. It's discipline. It's market based. We're not just throwing darts up against the wall here. We're being very methodical, but we're being very innovative and very intentional. And we're saying this is this is the plan. It's not ancillary to the plan. This is the plan. Well, with the possible exception of Lynchy, uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm the only one who's been to a Thrashers game that's in this uh, conversation uh, right now. Lynchy, did you ever see the Thrashers play? I saw him in Boston. I <laughs> okay, never saw good. him in Atlanta. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Bar. I saw the flames. I saw the flames, though. Uh, well, yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, that throwback. I got to sound like that old man in the stands. Back in the day, I saw Gordy Howe at Olympia with Bobby Hull. Don't worry about where sponsors on the helmets. They didn't have helmets. And then the wall around the rink, no advertising. Now, today, you, you guys are going to have advertising on your helmets, uh, the Mountain American Credit Union. And they just announced the divisions. Each division now has a sponsor. In fact, i got to look at my division to make sure what's the sponsor in it. My goodness, how the times have changed. Can you comment on that? Absolutely. Well, listen, I do have to applaud Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and the league office for, again, being open and being really forward-thinking. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, as, as we talked about before, this pandemic has had a, a just incredibly uh, detrimental impact on the economy of, of the league, of all sports, uh, and all club franchises. And so these are efforts to really be open to addressing that. Clearly, the traditionalists, Michael, you know, uh, you know they, they would say, what are you doing? What's going on? But... This is the future. You know, we're here uh, to to clearly create experiences, to be part of entertaining. But it's the confluence of sports to all other industries and all the aspects of of commerce that I think is exciting. I, I really applaud the NHL. I think there's so much more. I think some of the other leagues as well do some very innovative things. You know, uh, the, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, the way they incorporate sponsors, the way they incorporate, you know, season ticket holders, small businesses, which is a major focus of mine for our organization. How can we help be a, a platform to elevate uh uh, small businesses, to be a convener, to be an elevator. I just did a business summit. So we, the Coyotes, hosted a business summit for one of the trade organizations in the West Valley. And I basically started, I said, guys, yes, we're a professional hockey team, but we're a, we're a business as right. well, right? We we have employees and we have sales and marketing and, you know, we have uh, budgets and, and financial reporting. And so it's about being innovative. It's about thinking outside the box and saying, uh, where are there opportunities? I, 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 you know, I was excited. 
Uh, as you can imagine, Alex Morello and I are, are constantly actually pushing the league to have them be even more forward thinking. And uh, we're, we're really excited that, uh, that they're able to, to listen to this. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that we'll get to the point where you're having, you know, entire billboards on the front of jerseys. Uh, but, you know, um, but, but there's certainly, I think, a lot of opportunity, a lot of growth. Uh, you're right. We, we are in the Honda division, by the way. There you uh, go. Just so you know. Uh, we were informed of that. So. I'm already salivating over a, a P.F. Chang's uh, uh, station inside your <laughs> arena right now. <laughs> there you go. And, and I'm thinking chicken lettuce wrap uh, with a Diet Coke as I'm watching your game right now. So, right, right after so you, you buy you, that jersey, Lynchy. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, exactly. I'm imagining like Lynchy sort of like wandering around. He's got his new jersey on. Picking up some P.F. Chang's. That, that's, that's a heck of an evening. There you go. That's the experience we want, right? Hey, and by the way, we got a good hockey team too. So there yeah. you go, Javier. I, I do hate to break it to you though, Lynchy. He's a little older than eighteen. He's not really. Uh, <laughs> he's not a fan in waiting so much. Listen, we'll, we'll take we'll take. Uh, by the way, I, I you know obviously we can get into a number of other topics, but we had this incredibly going back to you know being forward thinking. We had this incredibly successful retro reverse jersey campaign throughout the league and uh you know it, it really hit home not only with sort of the rabid fan base because it really was an homage to you know jerseys that were worn you know many decades ago uh but it really resonated with young fans yeah. and young people and families and that's the type of you know campaign and effort that I think the NHL is certainly embracing. We are certainly embracing. And, and that's, what you, that, that's a perfect example of doing something that, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely respecting the tradition and the history of the sport, but you're also thinking outside the box and say, how do we attract new fans? How do we attract fans that want to go for the experience? Which, as we know, sports is as much about an experience as it is about sports. Right. All right. Well, here's to hoping that maybe we yes. we revisit yeah. this conversation next year in your arena. We take in a game, and uh, it's really good to catch up with you, Javier Gutierrez, President and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. And as most of our listeners know, the puck drops next week on a very different but uh, sure to be exciting NHL season. Really good to talk to you. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, always Javi. fun. Thank you. Thank you. And you can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly. Find me on Twitter in the meantime at Jason Kelly News. And I'm still salivating over the Chinese food at the arena. I'm Lynchy. You can find me at Lynchy WCVB. And you can find Lynchy, Jason, and me <laughs> with one of those beer mug caps, oh man, you God. know, with the jersey on, <laughs> P.F. Chang. I like that. Uh, and I'm Michael Barr at Big Bar Sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports, Bloomberg Radio around the world.